Hello, and welcome to the White's Chapel Sermon Podcast. We're so glad you've taken the time to listen to our weekly sermons. This is a quick way to enjoy or even revisit a recent message. As we get going in the Word tonight, we're um, on week three of our November sermon series, uh, Cold Turkey, where we've been talking about how important it is to you know, quit certain things. Maybe there are some things in our life, some patterns, some habits, some actions um, you know, that we would do better in life if we just stopped. You know, so week one, we've, we've talked about some good things along the way. Week one, we stopped about, uh, uh, we had to stop um, um, waiting. It's important for us not to get too caught up in, 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 in holding off and getting started in something. God calls us to action. God gives us the grace we need to get moving. So let's step out in faith and get started, right? And then last week, we were talked about how it's important that we quit or stop fretting, worrying, how that weighs us down, how it holds us back. And this week, we're going to address another really important thing for us. Because this week, we're going to talk, talk about how we need to stop forgetting. Stop forgetting. And how important that is as we uh, get launched into this week here, where we're about to have our Thanksgiving holiday. A lot of us are going to hit the road. We're going to go see people we haven't seen in a long time. Uh, some of those might actually be people that we look forward to seeing. <laughs> uh, some of them might not be. Uh, but we're going anyway, because that's what we do this week. We're going to go and we're going to have a wonderful meal with all the trappings. We're going to sit down and take a really long nap during a football game in a recliner. Um, we're going to take it easy a little bit. And hopefully, hopefully somewhere along the way this week, we remember, we look back on the year. We remember those points for which we can be thankful. We remember those points for where God showed up and, and came through and worked. And when we were just at our wits end and we didn't know what to do, there was God. And we can just simply be thankful. Now, as we get into our text tonight here in just a second, we're going to be in Leviticus. Uh, Leviticus chapter 23, uh, in fact. And if you wonder... Boy, what does Leviticus have to do with Thanksgiving? Um, we might be surprised. It actually is pretty appropriate scripture for tonight. And just to kind of set up where we are in Leviticus, um, you know, this is the book where, um, you know, God is speaking through Moses and they're getting the, the Levites, the, the, the tribe, not, not the tribe, but the group of people, the family who have been appointed to be the priests and lead the religious life of the people of Israel with all their patterns and rituals and sacrifices. Uh, uh, somebody's got to lead the people and that's who these folks are. And so God is speaking through Moses and instructing them how to do that. And so along the way, they've talked about the importance of, of holiness. And what holy in the Bible really means is something that's set apart. It's different. It, it's over here off on the side. It's not like everything else. And so we've looked at the importance of holy people, some people who are holy and set apart. We've looked at some uh, holy places that are holy and set apart for God's purposes, like the tabernacle and one day the temple and the, and the life of the people of Israel. We've even talked about the importance of some holy things, some things that are set aside for the purposes of God. You know, certain things that the priests will use along the way and, and that shouldn't be used for common use, but should be used only for the worship of, of God Almighty. And so, you know, holy people, holy places, holy things. And now in our text tonight, we're going to come to the importance of a holy time. A time that's set aside for God. 
a time that's set aside for his purposes that's different and that doesn't look like all of the other time. And so as we get to reading our text tonight, we're going to be in Leviticus chapter 23, um, starting in verse 39, and we're going to go through verse 43 there. So it says here, now the 15th day of the seventh month, when you have gathered in the produce of the land, you shall keep the festival of the Lord lasting seven days a complete rest on the first day, and a complete rest on the eighth day. On the first day, you shall take the fruit of majestic trees, branches of palm trees, boughs of leafy trees, and willows of the brook. And you shall rejoice before the Lord your God for seven days. You shall keep it as a festival to the Lord seven days in the year. You shall keep it in the seventh month as a statute forever throughout your generations. You shall live in booths for seven days. All that are citizens in Israel shall live in booths, so that your generations may know that I made the people of Israel live in booths when I brought them out of the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. So here we have... God telling the people to set aside this time, this certain point of the year for a festival, a festival of booze. And if we read earlier in the chapter, there's actually a series of seven festivals that are being set up, and this is the final one. And and we we see it mentioned throughout the Bible, the festival of booze, or it might be called Sukkot. That's what what it's called in Hebrew. And and if you have Jewish family and friends, you know, then that's what they'll refer to it as still as they observe it. Um, And the word Sukkot in Hebrew simply means booze. And it's named after these little temporary structures that are built uh, kind of attached to a more permanent structure where the people can go outside and they can sit under an open sky, walled in on three sides, and simply sit there and remember and rest and give thanks to the Lord their God for delivering the people out of the land of Egypt and into the land of promise. And they're to mark it every year. Don't stop doing this. It's in, in fact, it's a week of Sabbaths, so to say, with an extra one tacked on on the end of it. So it kind of makes the, you know, the Beatles song eight days a week. <laughs> it actually kind of makes sense here because normally we would think of seven, but we even get an extra day. So God is stressing the importance of how, of, of how crucial it is for the people in their busyness to stop what you're doing, mark holy time, set it aside simply for the purpose of sitting and remembering, remembering that the Lord their God delivered them from a land of bondage and enslavement in Egypt and brought them forth into a new life. And tradition tells us as, we, as you look at the, the holiday of Sukkot, the festival of Sukkot there, that one of the most important aspects of those booths is that the roof be open at least partially to the sky. It can be covered a little bit, but only the part that is open to the sky is considered kosher and, and proper. But the reason that it's open to the sky is so that when the family sits in that booth in the evening, they can look up and they can see the stars. And that reminds them of God's promises made long ago to their forefather Abraham, way back in the book of Genesis. And what did God say to Abram there? Hey, I'm gonna make a people out of you and your descendants are gonna be as numerous as the sand on the seashore and the stars in the sky. And so how often do we go by those normal things like that in life, like stars in the sky? 
even apart from the light pollution in the northern part of the metroplex where I live, uh, <laughs> I remember what stars look like. I grew up somewhere where I could see them. Um, how often do we walk by things like that in life and just take it for granted without slowing down and giving thanks? And that's the purpose of setting aside time so that we can notice those little things. And hopefully that's what we're gonna do this week. But now as we look at our scripture, our scripture tonight is calling us, I think, to stop forgetting at least three things in life. So the first one of those that I want us to look at tonight is we need to stop forgetting who God is. And that's actually the point of this story. Stop forgetting who God is. Remember our creator, our heavenly creator who gave us life and breath, who delivered the people out of Egypt and into the land of promise, who shows us goodness and kindness and grace along the way and gives us everything we need. That's the story of those first five books of the Bible where we find Leviticus, you know, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus there in the middle, Numbers and then Deuteronomy. If you read those from beginning to end, it tells that grand story of the God who created all of us, called out Abraham and his descendants for, for his purposes, and then brought them into a land of promise. And that last book in that, in that five book run there, the books of Moses, is Deuteronomy, which is a second telling of the law, is what the name of the book means. And there in about chapter six in Deuteronomy, we have one of the most uh, well-known scriptures that's often repeated and cited even in the Jewish faith today, where it says, remember, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. And then what does it say after that? It says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. And if we look at the teachings of Jesus, that sounds pretty familiar, doesn't it? And the greatest commandment. And that question that the lawyer asks him in the, in the Gospel of Luke, teacher, what do I do to inherit eternal life? And a little bit further down in that chapter, you know what it says? It says, remember these things and talk about them often. Teach them to your children. Talk about them when you get up in the morning, when you go to bed at night. Write them on the door frames of your houses so that when you go out, you remember who God is. And that when you come in, you remember who God is. And even when you're out in the field, talk about God there. Keep God at the front of your mind. Keep God at the front of your mouth with your words. And don't forget who God is. That's crucial. It's the most crucial thing in this story. Because you see, we all need to stop and see the stars every now and then. We all need to, hopefully this week, stop and notice those regular mundane things along the way that point us to God's goodness and God's love for us and who God really is. When in any other week, we would just speed right by it. But you know what's also important for us not to forget? It's important that we not forget who we are. You see, we, like the children of Israel so long ago, we are people who have known the wilderness and also the promised land. You know what's really nice is when it works in a, a nice linear manner in that way. That yet all the bad times are in the past. And then all the promised land stuff is in the present and in the future, right? It would be fantastic if life worked that way, except it's a lot more complicated and messy and mixed up than that. And we find ourselves sometimes in a season of living in a, a promised land season. And, and sometimes it seem, feels like we stepped kind of with one, at least one foot back in the wilderness. And the problem with that is we really like when things are just perfect and going well, and we get frustrated when they're not. 
And so it's important that in those times that we remember who we are as redeemed children in the family of God. As followers of Jesus who have been invited into the very household of God and named as co-heirs with Christ our Lord. And see, it's, that kind of ties into Thanksgiving a little bit too because maybe, maybe tomorrow, maybe in a couple days, you're gonna start getting people to your house or you're gonna go to somebody else's house. And what do we always want on Thanksgiving? What do we always hope goes well on the week of Thanksgiving? Everything. <laughs> It'd be really nice if everybody could just be nice and get along just for once, at least for an hour at the meal, right? Be really great if the turkey came out perfect and if the ham was perfect, we were a ham family. <laughs> and, or, or if all the sides were just right and, and if that one uncle would just behave himself and, and if the kids would not fight about you know, the menu and be picky and just eat what we put in front of them. Because you see, the thing is, is when things start getting difficult and we start coming up, uh, you know, the, the thing's not going just right. We, we get a little tired. We get a little fatigued with it. We get a little cranky about it. It affects our mood. It affects our outlook on life as a whole. You know, there's actually a Thanksgiving that taught me a good lesson about that. It's, it's one of the most memorable Thanksgivings in my life. It happened uh, my sophomore year of college. So my fall semester of sophomore year, I, it started with, I was in a, a bit of an automobile wreck and so my semester, uh, it started a little slow on me. And I, but, you know, I kind of settled in and wasn't, wasn't feeling too, um, you know, too great about the semester, but it was working. And then all of a sudden I found out because of a scheduling conflict, I wasn't going to be able to go home for Thanksgiving break. I was uh, playing in a music group that, you know, traveled for the school and I had a little scholarship money attached to it. And so kind of like I needed to show up. I needed to be in Dallas on Thanksgiving and not up in Cabot, Arkansas. And so my mom, rather than be upset, she's like, well, you know what, why don't we just come down? Your dad and I'll come down and see you. And so sophomore year of college, there on Thanksgiving day in my little, you know, tiny little student apartment, uh, my mom and my dad came and visited and we had a little Thanksgiving meal. Wasn't perfect. I think they brought a petty jean ham from Arkansas, which made me happy, but it wasn't a huge feast. And one of the most memorable things about that meal, besides them being there, was halfway through it, she said, oh, I forgot to tell you, uh, you know, a few weeks ago, your dog Bubba died. Um, and we, <laughs> we've, we've been waiting to tell you because we didn't want you to be upset. And I was like, well, I guess there's nothing we can do about that now. So I <laughs> uh, yeah, got a little bit of bad news in the middle of Thanksgiving. And the thing is, it was just, it looked like a mess. It, looked, it didn't look like anything I expected Thanksgiving to look like. It didn't look like anything Thanksgiving had looked like with growing up. And every Thanksgiving since then has been much better than that too. And yet it's one of the best because just there in that moment, it was just me and mom and dad sitting there in my little apartment, just enjoying each other's company, learning to be thankful for the time that we have, um, for the people around us. And, and it's not all about the stuff. Right? Because sometimes the stuff really gets in the way of tapping down into that. But if we can get through that, it kind of helps us begin to turn Thanksgiving um, into a spiritual holiday rather than just a civic one, right? We know, the, we know the big religious holidays, Christmas and Easter, those are easy to, uh, easy to see the religious significance of. But what about Thanksgiving too? See, it's not just we as a country celebrate this as a people, it's also as a Christian practice, a spirit, as a spiritual discipline, practicing gratitude day in and day out is so important for us. 
If we can just tap into that this week, how much better will it be? I hope our weeks go well. I hope the meals turn out just like they're supposed to. I hope everybody behaves themselves. I hope the, the trip there has no flat tires or, or closed gas stations. But the thing is, is even if the week does have some of that stuff mixed in, it's still Thanksgiving. It's still marked as a time that we can gather with those we love and think back on our year and truly be grateful to God and give thanks for what God has done, for who God is, for who God has made us. And you know, it's important that when we don't, when we stop forgetting who God is and we stop forgetting who we are, we also gotta add to that list that it's important for us to stop forgetting what we do, who God calls us to be, the action that God calls us to in life. And in particular this week, I, I think God calls us to get out of making the holiday just about us and serve somebody, find an opportunity. A great way to practice gratitude is to practice service to somebody else, to pass it along. You know, if you were involved uh, just yesterday and today, I don't, I don't have final numbers on it yet, but I know that our church packed up a ton of Thanksgiving meals for families in need this year. And so because of the efforts of the people of this congregation and remembering what, who God calls us to be, there'll be several hundred families who end up having a nice meal to share together when you know, life has put them in a situation where they otherwise wouldn't have had that. And it's a powerful thing. It's done on such a huge scale that it impresses me so much. But the thing is, is if we think, why, why can I do this week? I, I, can't do some, I can't pull off something that big, especially with this late of notice. You know, that takes a lot of planning, a lot of money, a lot of people involved, and that's true. And I'm thankful that we did that. But there's also something small that each of us can do this week. I want to give you a suggestion. There's another little Methodist church out in the country um, where this group of families would gather on Thanksgiving and they would make little turkey sandwiches and they would throw little snacks in a brown bag, nothing fancy. And then they would take those and they'd throw the kids in the car and they'd walk around, and, or not walk around, but drive around and deliver those to, to people who were at work on Thanksgiving. Because you see on Thursday afternoon, I guarantee you I'm gonna be on a couch. <laughs> but there are many other people who don't have that time to spend because there will be people working the cash, the cashier counters at gas stations. There'll be people who will be working uh, the front uh, lobby desk at hotels and motels. There'll be doctors and nurses filling the halls and the rooms of hospitals around us. There'll be people who don't have the time to set aside to gather with people they love and give thanks. And so maybe I'm just suggesting one thing that we could do this week that's not too big for any of us to accomplish is when all is said and done, why don't we make a little turkey sandwich and deliver it to somebody who didn't get their Thanksgiving meal that day? Why don't we stop by and give them a kind word for people who didn't have the family to gather with that day? Little things like that. You know, get creative with it. Ask God to inspire you, ask God to lead you into action. But the thing is, is that at this time of year especially, the point is, is that every little thing that we can do, every little word that we can offer that's kind and uplifting and encouraging, 
every tiny action, it all adds up to something bigger and it all matters. And it's great that we have this time to set aside, to remember and to act. Because part of remembering who we are is remembering who God calls us to be. We remember, we have traditions of gathering so that those can spur us to action. And not just action, but especially holy action. So as we get ready this week to jump in the car or get on the plane or however we're gonna get there, let's just remember, stop forgetting. Let's make this time holy and set it aside for the purposes that are higher than any of our normal day-to-day routines. Stop being anxious. Let's stop worrying. Let's stop trying to make every little detail right so that we don't miss those moments that God's putting ahead of us this week. May we gather and may God give us guidance on thinking about specific things to be grateful for, specific people, specific moments in life specific times where we've seen God deliver. And and even in those messy times that weren't so great, can we learn to be grateful and give God thanks for his enduring presence and comfort through those? See, there's always a reason to practice gratitude. Sometimes it's hard to see. Sometimes it's hard to find. But what this week teaches us is that it's there. So may God open our eyes and our hearts so that we may see it and not miss out. Let us pray. God, we give you thanks for the opportunity to open your word tonight, Lord, but also for the opportunity to set aside time for your purposes this week. May this time be holy. May this time lead us to remembering who you are in every single given moment, to remembering who we are, children who have known wilderness and promised land and yet no ultimate deliverance in you. And Lord, may we remember who you call us to be. Lord, as you put opportunities in front of this week, help us to trust you by stepping into them and being faithful. Help us to see needs to fill, Lord. Help us to step out beyond our comfort zones, do things that seem scary, Lord, all for your glory, so that others may know the love of the risen Christ that is alive and at work in us. We pray these things in Christ's holy name. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss new releases. We'll have new podcasts coming out all the time. Be sure to check us out online at whiteschapelumc.com. Please download the WC Life app and follow us on social media to stay up to date with all things WC.